This episode of Into the Night was made possible by the unwavering support of our dedicated Patreon donors. Their generosity allows us to delve deeper into the mysteries that await us in the dark world of Finance of Freddy's. If you're captivated by the secrets we unveil and wish to be a part of our journey, we invite you to explore our Patreon page. But becoming a patron, not only gain exclusive access to bonus content, behind-the-scenes insights, and special perks, but you also play a vital role in sustaining the future of this podcast. Visit the link provided in the description below to learn more and join our community of Avid Night Explorers. And now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Shadow Scrying, the official sister series of the End of the Night podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nick, and thank you for listening. Security Breach Ruin is on the cusp of release, and the community at large is excited, albeit somewhat nervous, for this new edition in the Finance of Freddy series. So to celebrate, in tonight's episode, we'll be going through your theories and predictions for the upcoming release of Finance of Freddy's Security Breach Ruin. Set in an unknown period of time after the events of the initial game, Rune has us take the role of Cassie, a young girl who is seemingly friends with Gregory. Gregory himself somehow gets in contact with her and claims to be trapped underneath the Freddy Fazbear Mega Pizzaplex and needs her help to escape. The only problem is that the Pizzaplex has been completely abandoned by Fazbear Entertainment, and the company itself has possibly even dissolved once again, leaving the entire structure in a ruined state of despair, of disrepair, and neglect. The trailer does its best to present the new, darkened environments Cassie will be exploring. The once brightly lit rooms of the Pizzaplex have been violated by deconstruction and robbed of anything remotely valuable. The Glamrock animatronics have deteriorated even further, their shells either completely broken or barely held together by the seams, with wires and metal bones fully exposed. The small amount of gameplay mechanics the trailer shows indicates the removal of the Guardian system, no longer allowing you to hide inside Freddy the whole game. Instead, a higher priority is placed on viewing cameras, this time from stationary monitors placed around the Pizzaplex, instead of having free access to cameras at all times through your Fazwatch. It appears as if Steelwall is attempting to better craft its initial idea of planning and prepping your escape and movements from room to room, dodging and avoiding being seen by hostiles to the best of your ability through the tools at your disposal, this was clearly the original intention Steelwell had in mind for the original game, but the concept was completely butchered by the basic AI of the Glamrocks and the inclusion of the Staffbot drones. The Staffbots are the most universally agreed upon flaw in Security's gameplay, and the exclusion of them in the trailer was a subtle focal point I noticed. Now, with the release date announced for the 25th, I think it is important to solidify our expectations for the game. Steelwall's blog post indicates an acknowledgement of both their past failings and a genuine attempt to implement feedback from the fans. With the initial release of Security Breach and its subsequent abandonment being a disappointment to even the most steadfast FNAF fan, the expectations are high for Ruin to improve on where the original game's vision was and win back the trust of the fandom at large. Let's be honest with ourselves. Security Breach was not a good mark in the history of FNAF, especially after the series' resurgence in the public gaming sphere thanks to its VR installment beforehand, Help Wanted. For a brief 
flicker in time, the franchise had a perfect opportunity to return to its roots of horror and tense atmosphere the series was built on, but still explore new ideas and terrifying concepts with a higher budget and larger development team. Instead, we were left with a game whose most apt comparison was a better functioning Hello Neighbor. In many ways, Security Breach is not even a Five Nights at Freddy's game. Its only similarities are in name only. Security Breach shares no familiar elements to any other installment of the series beforehand. There is no tense atmosphere or claustrophobic environment leading to moments of palpable tension. The environment is simply too bright and the rooms are just too big. The mechanics of the games are too easily abusable at best and too boring at worst. Relieving all anxiety in the horror game and replacing it with frustration as you attempt to get sections of the game done as fast as possible. In effect, you have the best experience playing Security Breach when you employ strategies that minimize your overall time experiencing Security Breach. Not even the animatronics the series was known for is any form of saving grace. The animatronics aren't static mutes whose movements are unpredictable and unnatural like in the first four Five Nights at Freddy's games, but nor are they uncanny and strangely human like in Sister Location and FFPS. They're goofy, cartoonish, and never once do you believe they are real. Are they more fleshed out than previous robots in this series? Sure, one could argue, but why does it have to come at the cost of making them interesting, compelling, and lowering their scare factor as horror monsters? Steele and Scott recognize this, they have to, otherwise they wouldn't be subtly referencing these flaws in Security Breach's gameplay and atmosphere in their blog post if they weren't keenly aware of these glaring issues in the base game, as well as confident enough that they were able to reorient themselves and fix these issues in this brand new experience. But beyond the gameplay, Ruin has a huge weight on its shoulders when it comes to salvaging the storyline of this new era. While Security Breach had many compelling ideas and interesting directions the story could have unfolded in, nothing really ever came of it all, as no matter what ending you achieved, it just abruptly ends with no satisfying conclusion, just questions as to what it all meant and if the story itself was completely written or finished. Beyond basic world-building questions regarding the size and scope of Phasma Entertainment and how far their tentacles reach, we have questions regarding whether or not Michael Afton has returned in the form of Glamrock Freddy or if Funtime Freddy has returned in the form of the Blob. And why was Michael Apton's room in the Pizzaplex? Whether or not all the staff was murdered by the Yendos, and why did that happen? Did Monty destroy Glamrock Bonnie? Or was he used for parts for Burn Trap, or, or both? And even Vane, remember her? Does she have any form of free will or multiple personalities? Does she have a twin? And how did the Princess Quest games connect to her, or even allow Gregory to interfere with her glitch trap infection at all. And those are just questions pertaining to the games. We haven't begun to talk about the Tales of the Pizzaplex series, a book series that not only is a requirement to understanding the fundamental plot points that Security Breach does not address, and thus Ruin will also have to reintroduce so people who don't read the books can be on the same page, but it also has created a whole swarm of questions in itself Ruin will have to address in its game just rapper firing the ones off the top of my head. We have questions such as, is Burn Trap the Mimic? Is the Storyteller still in control of the Pizzaplex or was it removed? How did Gregory also become infected by the Glitztrap virus and why was he chosen? Is Glitztrap William or the Mimic? And if it is the Mimic, why does it present itself as a form of spring bind despite the books not yet displaying a connection the two share? 
are the Glamrocks possessed, being influenced by the agony of the FFPS location the Pizzaplex was built on? Were they corrupted by the Mimic or Vanny? Or is it a combination of all those elements? We are currently in a perturbing time with the series, where any angle you view the lore is valid and any direction the story goes in is possible. The pressure must be on for Scott and Steel, because if Ruin falls apart, I highly, highly doubt the fandom will desire to see them continue leading the series moving forward after this. And to be completely fair, while Steelwell deserves the blame for the game's inability to function, Scott himself also earns blame for the choice of his story direction. There have been, to put it simply, way too many projects from the series, including the Fazbear Frights, Tales books, and the AR mobile app. We know that all the games are canon, but these external stories are trapped within this void of uncertainty. The lack of communication on Scott's part, or anyone in this franchise, on what is or isn't fair game is ridiculous, and it needs a course correction immediately if the series is to grow in a meaningful and satisfying way. What's even more wild is that the fandom at large doesn't seem too concerned about this problem. Instead we have returned to a more extreme version of the Dream Theory or Mic Trap era of theorizing, where nobody cares about the quality of the story. All that matters is whether or not your theory is correct. Who cares if it means we wasted a year on a story that didn't happen and it was all in a dream? Who cares if the theory's supposed a twist makes the entire story's conclusion completely unsatisfying as a result? Who cares if the mimic isn't introduced at all in the games, or that burn trap in the blob were never once hinted at being a thing, or that Vanny was underutilized, or Gregory was never explored, and Glamrock Freddy's personality was never explained? Your theory was right, and the quality of writing can be damned. Finance of Freddy's made it big because of its innovation in contradictory horror and simplistic gameplay. But the fandom was formed and stayed because of the story Scott was able to weave through this crazy world he was building. And what many may be afraid to admit is that Security Breach Ruin presents a threat to an end to all those aspects that made FNAF great to begin with. Or to finally rebuild and gives a new starting point to build upon with the series moving forward. It's, it's a scary time. It's exciting, but scary. Uh, and with that said, I don't want people to feel dour or unmotivated to theorize and have high expectations for the game. I'm an honest guy, and I just want to be honest with you all about what is at stake right now in Finance of Freddy's. It's a complicated point in time, contained with a digital environment that has become more toxic and divided than ever. And I don't want to be part of that toxic culture. Hence why I stay off FNAF Twitter so much. So let's just try to be a small beacon of light, and just enjoy the simple charm of discussion, sharing one another's ideas, and playing around the story yet to be solved and concluded. I have with me several theories from listeners for Security Breach Ruin, each one just as valid whether or not I personally disagree or agree with them. I'm going to go through each one of them, give my thoughts, and consider the implication if it turned out to be true. If you didn't get the chance to submit a question or theory, you can stay up to date when we do these episodes on either Twitter, at Fazbear Podcast, or more preferably, on our Discord server, both of which are linked in the description below. So, be sure you are seated in a comfortable position, and that you have a preferred beverage at easy arm's length. I prefer gamer subs. Not a promotion, I just like their products, although I wish I was. Call me. In all seriousness, let's have a swell relaxing time together as we go through your ideas for what Security Breach Ruin will have in store for us.
Our first theory comes from Ghost. Thank you for sharing your theory, Ghost. Who writes, My rumen theory is that Gregory is not trapped, but rather has made a lair, similar to Vanny inside the Pizzaplex, and for whatever reason, he is trying to lead Cass into the Pizzaplex while controlling whatever wiring and robotics they have left to hurt her or capture her. Looking over the trailer again, whether it's the sound quality or some awful acting or intended voice work, Gregory's cry for help sounds super fake and could be set up for some sort of emotional manipulation. Well, a little harsh on Martyr's fact, I think, but the theory itself is predicated on the question that has plagued every theory since Ruin's announcement. What ending is Security Breach is canon, if any? Since Security Breach has multiple endings, each with their own implications, and none of them have, say, like, FAPS's uh, true ending or completion ending certificates that easily hint at what is canon, we have no idea what Ruin will be running with. But I think we can all agree that the most likely answer is the complete ending, or the apting ending as some call it where Gregory decommissions every animatronic and goes below the Pizzaplex and encounters the blob and burn trap. But if we accept the Afton ending as the canon one, while we do have an answer for how the Pizzaplex was left in such a devastated state, we also see that Gregory and Glamrock Freddy escaped the Pizzaplex as it was crumbling down, which leads us to a bit of a paradox. How can Gregory escape the Pizzaplex yet somehow still be trapped below it? Unless some reform of retcon is going on here, where Gregory never escaped the Pizzaplex, and the ending scene where Gregory and Freddy are resting on a hill happens, you know, after the DLC, there has to be some explanation for why Gregory is trapped. Now, a cool twist that many have already expected could be at play would be Gregory isn't actually trapped in the Pizzaplex, but instead something is mimicking Gregory to lure someone to the Pizzaplex for some nefarious reason. Now, who that could be is up in the air, could be Vanny, could be the Blob, could be the Mimic, or could even be Apton if the Mimic doesn't turn out to be Burn Trap. Uh, I kind of expect this to be where the story will go, given that Gregory betraying the player and being a villain, so to speak, doesn't really work in my opinion. Um, given what Security Bridge shows us, Gregory appears to be a victim of, of Glitztrap, and he has no idea why he is trapped in the Pizzaplex to begin with. So unless that Glitztrap influence has resurfaced within him, I don't think Gregory will be a villain. Now, if Gregory were to be the main antagonist, I think that would be an interesting twist, but they would have to go about it in a well-thought-out way. We can't have another burn trap slash the Bob situation, where this, the game gives no hints whatsoever that this is where the plot is going, and you have just have to accept this is what's happening in the story. There has to be a lead-up to this twist, and it can't be found between the pages of the Tale series. It has to be in the game. So if Gregory is the antagonist, I would go about it by having Gregory being in a constant contact with Cassie, similar to how Glamrock Freddy was with Gregory in the base game, and throughout the game, Gregory instructs Cassie to do certain things that put her in more danger or put her in unnecessarily close to threats. Maybe even have Gregory be quick to temper when Cassie questions his orders. Now, this twist isn't exactly groundbreaking, having your in-game guide be, in reality, the mastermind pulling the strings has been a meta-narrative tool in video games have employed ever since it was fam famous by uh, Bioshock, I think that was the first one. But it would be a nice evolution of FNAF's untrustworthy guide trend, 
We started with the Oblivious Phone Guy, moved on to the Eternal Yes Men of Hand unit, and now we have the actual Dangerous and Malicious Gregory, if it turns out to be true. Uh, great Theory Ghost. Up next is Levi Smith. Thank you for sending a theory, Levi, who writes, I believe that William Afton is part of the blob and is controlling the spirits and Gregory will be confirmed human. Uh, interesting theory. Uh, the inspiration and evidence for it are taken from the Fazbear's Sprite series, where in the novella, The Man in Room 1280, I believe, the ending has William Afton explode, and then later possess a trash monster. Yes, yeah. Uh, very similar to the blob in its description. Uh, personally, I'd rather have the blob be its own thing, than be controlled by Birdtrap or William Afton. But if William Afton is burn trap, then one would have to expect this to be the case. I don't think Scott or Steel will have the guts to kill off William as they did in Security Breach if that was truly him. But if it is simply the mimic, then there is not really any reason that things should be in control of the blob, as it is just a machine with no willpower of its own. Personally, I don't think a AI like the mimic can overpower a literal blob of agony. And if it does, I feel like you'll need to explain a little bit about the power dynamic between the AIs and the supernatural. I feel like that'll need some form of explanation beyond just, oh, the blob isn't, isn't now being controlled by Mimic. And to be fair, the blob also does need to be explored more. I would love confirmation if that thing is Molten Freddy after FFPS, and he literally, you know, absorbed all the supernaturally touched objects in Free Fazer's Pizza Place in order to survive the fire. And given the Blob's personality is non-existent in Security Breach, it would also be interesting if, in absorbing all that agony and preternatural influence, that it lost any shred of its humanity and has simply become a bloodthirsty animal as a result. But if we also get a return of Thunder Freddy through the Blob, I'd also take that as well. And to your final point, Levi, on Gregory being confirmed a human and not a robot? Oh my friend, we can only hope. Uh, the next theory is from Logan Bancroft, thank you Logan, whose theory is, I believe that the Mimic was observing Gregory throughout Security Breach, it is now mimicking him. Okay. So now it is luring people, similar to Gregory luring the Glamrocks to certain locations, to kill them, similar to Gregory destroying the animatronics. That's a really good theory, I like it. Uh, generally speaking, we don't know what Birdtrap was doing throughout the whole game, besides I guess hiding in the labyrinth. But if Burntrap is the Mimic and was watching Gregory throughout his journey, he would pick up his habits and repeat his actions. It would also explain how he could mimic his voice as well, given that he would have watched Gregory talk to Glamrock Freddy, and we know from the Tales epilogue that while the Mimic can't speak from, from itself, it can interact with like radio waves and speak through them. The one caveat to this theory that I could think of is that Cassie has been confirmed by Steelwool to be a friend of Gregory's. So if that was the case, I would assume Cassie would check in with Greg's parents or whether or not he was missing. And regardless if the Mimic told Cassie not to tell anyone where she was going or where he was trapped, the Mimic would still have to know people close to Gregory to contact them. I guess if the Mimic is also glitch trap and therefore instead of Gregory's head maybe he can access that information. But that gets into the question of how does the Mimic how is the Mimic a robot in one place, but an AI in two people's brains, and how they all connect to one another? Are they all three different distinct AI entities, 
like on the basis of the same AI or is the one AI connected to all three brains and how does that work? I'm not sure how to feel uh, about that. Uh, but great theory, Logan. I do love the idea. I love the idea. Uh, our next theory is from Swagmaster87, love the name, who writes, I think that Freddy will also be trying to kill us along with the other Glamrock animatronics, but he will be the strongest out of everyone because the Glamrock animatronics are beat up, but Freddy has Roxy's eyes, Chica's voice box, and Monty's claws. So Freddy will be difficult to avoid out of all the Glamrock animatronics. Interesting concept. Um, Glamrock Freddy is a bit of a wild card when it comes to Ruin, as we don't know if he is still protecting Gregory, or has succumbed to burn trap's possession over him, or simply in a state of disrepair if the building was destroyed and has been decommissioned. And that's before we get into the big question regarding Glamrock Freddy that many people will be equally hoping to see confirmed, which is Glamrock Freddy being confirmed to have Michael Afton's soul residing within him. If I had to put on my theorist cap and take a wild, speculative stab at Glamrock Freddy, I believe that we will be getting a Glamrock Freddy boss fight. Similar to Monty, but hopefully a lot better. And once he is beaten, he will come to or regain control of himself. And as the game progresses, we will learn that he is Michael Afton who has come back like his father. Mike Afton, I believe, has to have some form of payoff in Ruin, given that not only Glamrock Freddy highly alludes to being possessed by him, and Mike is really the only other option of possession given Baby slash Elizabeth, Puppet slash Charlotte, and Fighter Freddy are all part of the blob. Plus, Michael's T Reeve room from Sister Location is supernaturally hidden inside of one of the hallways at the beginning of the game, as well as the fact that there is no boxing animatronic at all in the Pizzaplex. It gives credence to the idea that Michael's presence is still somewhat around here. And personally, I really hope he comes back because I think Mike was done dirty after his reveal in Sister Location, and more focus on the Lauren story should have been put on him rather than William Apton. He has a great backstory and great motivation. The survival logbook gives him a very humorous personality, and it would be a shame if he was not utilized to his full extent when we have an opportunity to do so right here. Um, awesome theory. Awesome theory. Uh, the next theory comes from Couch Gang 2, who helps on this show. So thank you for submitting the theory, dude. And he has an idea rather than a theory. Is it possible that other humans besides Vanny are trapped beneath the Pizzaplex that we will encounter during Ruin? Uh, cool concept. Gives me even isolation vibes, where you have these unstoppable threats in the animatronics, but must also contend with human threats who can still hurt you, but you have a better capability to fight back. Uh, unfortunately, I don't believe we'll do any other human threats besides Vanny, unless Steelwool is more comfortable having human threats, because it, it was evident with Vanessa they either weren't skilled enough or didn't have enough time to fully create a human AI enemy. Given how they always show Vanessa facing away for the player to avoid having to lip sync, as well as only using her as an enemy once in the game, at pretty random points in time, I, I might add, so we will have to see if they end up going down that route, I doubt it, but I would love it if it was the case. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for submitting a theory, and go check out Catch Game 2 on YouTube. He makes some really interesting fantasy videos on his own world, the August Keys. It's really cool. Alright, so that's kind of where we're going to have to end off, unfortunately, on the theories, because a lot of theories people have have kind of been 
oh, repeating. I've been recording for about 10 minutes at this point in time that I've cut out. And pretty much it has been me going over various... Everyone seems to have a very similar idea of the questions and theories. There aren't really even theories at this point. There are expectations. People want to see the Mimic. They want to see more Vanny. They want to see more Mike Apton. They want uh, the game to be scarier. And they want cool concepts. And they want the game to generally... They want the game to be good at the end of the day. They want the game to be good. And hopefully... Hopefully these theories do come to pass because everyone so far, I mean, all the theories I have read, they are good ideas. Even if they're not ideas I personally would have gone down in terms of the story and its direction, you could still make something really cool out of it. You could still make it entertaining, engaging, intense, and atmospheric. You just need to be able to do it right. And that's where, you know, it gets unsettling. You, we have to have faith that Steel will, will have learned from their mistakes and do this right. Alright, before we end up tonight's episode, I do want to wrap it up with my own prediction. Maybe prediction isn't the correct term. It's my dream scenario. A dream plot thread that I've had on my mind for a while. And it unfortunately doesn't have to do with Cassie, Gregory, or Vanny, or any other character in the newer games. It has to do with Michael Afton. As I said before, Michael Afton needs to have some sort of presence in Ruin, otherwise it will be seen as a missed opportunity. At best, and a mistake at worst, given what we experienced in the base game. Even if Mike being Glamrock Freddy wasn't the original intention, it has such amazing storytelling significance and potential that would lead to such spectacular character writing if given the chance to be fully fleshed out. I mean, understand, if Michael is Glamrock Freddy, he is effectively protecting a boy with unruly brown hair and a striped shirt the whole game, an appearance that matches his younger brother's appearance in FNAF 4. Now, I, I'm not MatPat. I don't believe Gregory is the crying child, nor do I think he's a robot doppelganger made by William. That's ridiculous, and we can all agree it would be sloppy storytelling if it was the case. It would be, it would be no different from the absurdity of when Henry crafted a Charlie bot in the fourth closet. But Gregory is absolutely supposed to represent the youngest Afton, at the very least for Michael. And in a way, Gregory gives Michael the chance to be the protective older brother he never was, a second chance to make a better choice on the worst decision in his life. Which leads to my hope for Ruin. If Mike does end up being Freddy, it, it can't be half-baked. I need a satisfactory ending on a plot point of his character that was never fully concluded. His guilt is his primary motivation, we can all agree on this. The guilt for killing his younger brother, expanded to the guilt of letting the Phantom Intertronics escape in his location, is why he did everything he could to end the nightmares and suffering caused by his father's actions. That along with the responsibility that comes with being reanimated after death, as he even mentions in his ending monologue in Sister Location. But despite successfully completing his task in FFPS, he still lingers on the mortal plane, because no matter what he does, he can't forgive himself for what he did. No matter what, when he looks in the mirror, he sees a monster first. If Mike is being used again, I need him to reconcile with the death of his younger brother. More specifically, 
I think after eight years, seven years since FNAF 4, we deserve to see those brothers reunite. And not through symbolism with Freddy and Gregory, not through book parallels, I need them to actually embrace each other again. One of my biggest pet peeve FNAF headcanons that I have never understood is why people make crying child murderously angry at Michael. Honest question, why? One of the last words that crying child heard was the sound of his brother asking for his forgiveness before passing away. Everyone understands the reason why Circus Baby slash Elizabeth Kills Mike is a combination of fun and AI programming and the fact that she knew Mike would survive afterwards, right? But her mind would soon be lost by FFPS, succumbing to the funtime algorithm, and only observing Mike as a familiar obstacle at that point. I don't want a bitter rivalry between two brothers, nor do I want resentment between the two. I need them to finally embrace and pass on together. In fact, the very idea in the series about lingering spirits that neither of these two have interacted again is downright criminal. So that is my hope for Ruin. It is a dream scenario, and who knows, maybe Mike won't be used, maybe he's not playing like Freddy, he's just an AI following its own predetermined personality programming. But if it turns out to be Michael, Scott Sewell, don't waste this opportunity with a legacy character. Run with it. Cassie with her blonde hair and green nails and highlights could just as easily be an Elizabeth surrogate if Glamour Freddy Guardian Beach returns, but even if it wasn't what they originally intended, the story idea is just too pure gold and should be extracted for all it's worth. Yorda gave us a return of Afton, regardless if Cliff Trapper or Burntrap turns out to be him. The mimic is all in effect still him in some capacity. Why not give the dead man his chance to live in the spotlight? Not William Afton, Michael. And with that, I believe that brings us to a good stopping point for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay updated, please consider subscribing, following, or sharing this podcast. It truly helps us broaden our reach. Consider following us on our Twitter at Fazbear Podcast, joining our Discord, or supporting us on our Patreon or merch store using the various links in the description below. Uh, the next episode coming out right before Security Breach's release will be on the sixth book in the Tales of the Pizza Black series, Nexi. Afterward, we'll be trying to get back onto getting more episodes of Security Breach out, but we have multiple projects in the works, and we are trying our best to both manage our time correctly and create the best quality podcast show you can listen to. In fact, we recently had our show's second anniversary, a feat that wouldn't be possible without amazing listeners like you. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for sharing the podcast and listening to every episode, uh, telling people about the show, and giving me the opportunity to make content that makes everyone like you happy. It's been a blessing, if not a stressful endeavor, sure, but a blessing all the same. So thank you. Thank you for me and everyone who works behind the scenes here along with me. I have been your host, Nick, and I'd like to thank you all for listening for over two years. Have a good night, and drive home safe.